When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Hello, I'm Oliver Condit, the editor of BBC Music Magazine, and welcome to the BBC Music Podcast. You can buy a copy of the magazine at your local newsagents or download our app to your iPad, Kindle Fire or Android tablet. And for the latest music news and more, head to our website at classical-music.com. This week we gathered together members of the BBC Music Magazine team for First Listen, a monthly slot where members of the magazine editorial team chat about and rate an important new release. With me in the BBC Music Studio today are Jeremy Pound, the deputy editor, Rebecca Franks, our reviews editor, and Rosie Pentreath, our online editor and staff writer. Hello. 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 This month we've been listening to a recording on the Regent label by Truro Cathedral Choir of music from the time of the First World War. Entitled Blow Out Ye Bugles, the music includes works of Stanford, Parry, Wolford Davis and Vaughan Williams. It's conducted by Christopher Gray and accompanied on the Truro organ by Luke Bond. So will we be in peaceful agreement about this disc? Let's hear the opening rousing piece, For Lo I Raise Up, by Charles Villiers Stanford. So that was For Low I Raise Up by Stanford. Jeremy, um, Stanford, uh, 
this must have shattered his world, really. Uh, the new world coming in, the old world being destroyed. This is sort of music that still resonates with 19th century language, isn't it? Well, absolutely. And um, he was a teacher, of course, at the Royal College of Music. And he would have seen a number of his pupils going off to war. Um, and obviously, a number of them would have been killed there as well. Um, one of the one of the obvious ones which springs to mind was Gurney. Ivor Gurney was one of his pupils who went to war. Um, others didn't, like Howells. But yes, he was. It's, what's very interesting about this piece is that quite often with Stanford, you associate him with actually what is. I, I find a lot of his canticles, his famous canticles, quite kind of staid and galumphing, to be really honest with you, with the exception of the canticles in G. Whereas this is. Lang, the musical language is this is a lot more dramatic than what I'm used to with Stanford. It kind of really does so how the kind of the subject matter did have an impact on him. Yes, the harmonies are much more changeable and much more flowing. And, and actually, the, um, the choir really um, do rise to the challenge of this, don't they, Rosie? Mm, yeah, I feel they really did. There's, there's a great balance um, with the choir, and they really get across the music's horror, but also an underlying hope, I think. There's some fantastic organ chords in there as well, which you there don't are. get with a lot of his other music. There it are. makes a great opening track, I think, to this CD as well. I think they've programmed this uh, CD very sort of thoughtfully and cleverly, and the pacing is, is very good. And, you know, this is a great opening. And then we move through um, these pieces by Alan Gray and then the short Requiem sort of meditative piece by Wolford Davis and then the wonderful uh, Songs of well Farewell by Parry and then ending with this bright sort of trumpety sound in, in the Vaughan Williams. I think I'm not, that works I'm not, really well. I'm not quite so sure about the quality of the music of the Alan Gray and the, and the Wolford Davis. I'm not quite sure they're quite in the same league as the Stanford and the Parry. Um, and I think this is, Vaughan Williams is not at his greatest hour. But, but what's interesting about this disc is it's music presented in a place that people would have come for solace following the, the First World War. I mean, you know, the church was still very much at the centre of the community, the cathedral in the centre of Truro very much. Quite a new cathedral still at that time, because it's quite late 19th century, the cathedral. So, it, 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 you know, this is the kind of typical place that people would have come to, to really pay tribute to the fallen heroes. I can't make out what kind of what I think about the Alan Gray, the well, 1914 by say, Alan Gray. Well, the thing is, I obviously the disc, it does feel like they're really focusing on the power the parry and it's a very well-known work but I think for me the Alan Gray does have something it's kind of got it had a kind of a space and a stillness that I liked not quite a starkness but it kind of it felt very reflective it's, and I liked that. it's fine but I don't feel that he actually sets the Rupert Brooke poems kind of that that sympathetically sometimes yeah, you feel the music is at odds to the words yeah I mean there's some striking moments like the start of the, the dead when he's setting the, the words about the bugles that's quite quite strikingly mm, done yeah. but I agree other moments don't quite gel, do they? Well, perhaps you can make up uh, your own minds. Um, let's hear an extract from The Soldier, the third part of Alan Gray's piece 1914.
So that was an extract from Alan Gray's uh, piece 1914, followed by a piece called A Short Requiem by Henry Walford Davis. This is sort of pure Anglican miscellany, isn't it, really? Anthems, psalms, chanting, that sort of thing. Um, does it hang together, do you think, Rebecca? It's, I, I didn't dislike it, but I wouldn't say it has a huge personality. Um, but I do think I mean, it sort of has this sort of melancholic and peaceful sort of feel to it. That it's actually, very familiar, isn't it, in its language? It, it I think that's is. the wonderful thing about it. I think it's, it's possibly a, a, a kind way of saying that it's probably a little bit routine, but I think there's something rather comforting about going into a cathedral and hearing an anthem in a certain style yeah. and hearing something that's not going to jolt, it's not going to You stir. sort of feel like there's, I wouldn't say nostalgia, but there's that sense of exactly the familiar, the home, the that stuff ha- and life hasn't changed even in the face of all this horror and war that's going on that there is something to hang on well, the, to. Well, the great, the great kind of advantage of our digital age is that we can program the, dis- the tracks we want to, list to listen to and skip others. And I have to say that there's three or four here. I mean, a psalm is a psalm is a psalm, frankly, and there's a couple of psalms in here. Oh, I don't agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite enjoyed, a wonderful chance and, 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 and a very evocative psalm itself can be magical. I think. The and last thing I want to hear when I'm in the middle of a requiem is to hear a couple of psalms. So I, I have to admit I skip straight through those. But I think, that, I think the choir really does a lovely job on this. They're really beautifully blended and the pacing... Um, they sort of get that gentle pacing and the lines are shaped well and yeah, I, I thought they did a really good job on it. Yeah, perhaps from this we can take the some, there's something for everyone if someone does want to, like Holly was talking about the solace earlier in the cathedral, if, if someone wants to visit this disc and take some time to reflect, there's, there's kind of something for everyone. If I was going to dive... The psalm lovers mm. and the requiem lovers. It's a very much a ch- ch- time to reflect as yeah, well as a time yeah. to be stirred mm. as well as... If I was going to direct, direct people to one particular moment, I'd go for the hymn The Moors Ultra Non Erit, which comes kind of towards the end of the work which is an incredibly spare setting of a hymn it's very very beautiful it's it's it is a hymn tune but it's very cleverly done So that was an extract from Henry Wolford Davis's A Short Requiem. The highlight for me, though, I think, and I'm sure you'd all agree, really, is the Songs of Farewell. Extraordinary pieces and wonderful to hear them after we've heard the, the sort of velvety sounds of Tenebrae, which um, which was um, one of our winners at the awards a few years ago. It's wonderful to hear this sung with trebles, and I think the Truro Choir are superb. It brings out a completely different quality, doesn't it, mm. to the music? Um, as you say, that Tenebrae disc is very luminous, and this is much... I guess, not spare because it's very rich music, but it's just a completely different sound world. They also pass my Hootie Alto test. And by that, I mean, if you listen to My Soul, There Is a Country, virtually every single recording here of that, there's a bit which is really testing for the altos at the end of that, where they have to go actually quite high, and they tend to sound very hooty. Whereas here, the altos are not particularly hooty, which is a 
a distinct plus point. No, and I thought that the approach, everything had been thought out, very thoughtful interpretations by, by Christopher Gray. Um, he said that, you know, that this is music he's waited a while to record and I think he's really comes across well. There's one or two slightly untidy moments um, um, in the trebles in um, Never Weather Beaten Sail, for instance, where you feel that could have been a little bit tidier. I think it's difficult with trebles, isn't it? Because uh, notoriously, trebles can, when they hit higher notes, come you know come way flat. I mean, these the, the boys' voices last a few years. Um, it's, there's a fragility to it. There's a, there's a certain you know knowledge that this voice isn't going to last. And I think that's you're never going to get the perfection that you are with women. On the other hand, I, th- I think there's there's a lot of perfection to take. And um, on a, very, prat- with, with on a very practical level, with trebles, your um, child employment law said that you're only allowed to have them singing in recording sessions for a certain amount of time per day. Um, so quite frankly, you can't do take after take after take because you're not allowed to. And you, the alternative of having the recording session there kind of go over three or four days is also not feasible because economically that doesn't work. So you have to really do it very, very quickly. So you are going to get more untidy moments by and large. But Rosie, the Truro Cathedral Choir, um, I think, uh, you know, do have a wonderful reputation and it's a beautiful building, isn't it? Yeah, certainly. Um, It's a stunning building. Um, I used to live near Truro and and see it quite often and just to picture them there and um, singing this music and to hear such a, a fine choir from sort of the end of the earth, as it, as it, as it were, somewhere I'm very, very fond of and that's close to my heart. And they're just, yeah, they're such fine musicians. As I said, the balance is wonderful. The organ playing, I think, is very good. Um, and it's just big, nice Willis organ, I think, down there, isn't it, unless I'm mistaken? Yes, it's a tremendous, tremendous instrument. Wonderful, wonderful thing. Can I, can I add in a really boring Howells fact here, that there's a real link here to Her- Herbert Howells, is that um, the... Short Requiem by Henry Wolford Davis did actually inspire um, Howells' own Requiem later. Wolford Davis taught Howells um, at the Royal College of Music and Howells remembered the model of the Requiem and inspired his Requiem in 1934. And also Howells worshipped Parry, the very ground that Parry walked on. He was also tutored by Stanford and his, one of his earliest musical inspirations was hearing Vaughan Williams's Thomas Tallis Fantasia in Gloucester Cathedral. So us, us Howells bores have a lot here to keep us amused as well. Yes, and all these composers, I mean, would have known each other, presumably. I mean, they were all pretty much alive at the same time. Or, yeah. you know, and and, and yeah. there's, there's no... There's no... Well, Wolford Davids, Davis studied with Parry and Stanford as well. So and that's Stanford an immediate... took over from... Well, apparently... Parry took over from, from Stanford as well. Stanford was very, very complimentary about Parry when Parry died. Um, but I understand that they were very, very different characters. Stanford was actually quite a stern, austere academic, whereas Parry was a lot more sort of flamboyant and easygoing. Talking of Parry, let's hear an extract from the Songs of Farewell, which we haven't heard yet. Um, Certainly my favourite, track 17, There is an Old Belief.
So that was There Is An Old Belief by uh, Parry from his Songs of Farewell. And then we have this rather sort of slightly odd, but I think rather wonderful Vaughan Williams piece at the end, which I didn't know, Lord, Thou Hast Been Our Refuge, which includes a reference to the St Anne hymn tune at the end in a rather sort of poignant tribute. Um, does it work for you, Jeremy? It's all right. It's not the greatest bit of Williams I've ever heard, but I think in terms of the whole of the rest of the disc, yes, it does work very well. And what I've actually particularly like about this disc is it has introduced me to two or things which I haven't heard before. So it's nice to have that. They could have trotted out something very familiar, but they've actually continued our sort of education right until the end. Yeah, I sort of felt, I think, often when I was listening to this, I got to the end of the songs of Farewell and kind of I felt like it ended there. I think I felt it was kind of... On well, it didn't bit. need another. Yeah, it's nice to discover it, but I think for me the disc ends with the with the parry. So before we have our scores, um, let's just hear a quick extract from the final track, the Vaughan Williams piece, "Lord, Thou Hast Been Our Refuge." So that was the final track of the disc, Lord, Thou Has Been Our Refuge. Uh, time for our scores out of ten. Jeremy, what are you going to give uh, this recording? I really enjoyed this disc. I like a lot of what Truro have been doing over the last few years, from last year's reconstruction of the Christmas carol service from the 19th century to this extremely well-programmed disc. And it's not just all about programming and clever knickknacks here and there. The, the quality of singing is also exceptional. I really like this, so I'm going to give this eight out of ten. Rebecca? I would like to give this seven out of ten. Um, I thought it was some really lovely, uh, lovely singing. Um, and if that sounds a little bit mean, because I do think this is a very good disc, it's because I wasn't. I was really glad to hear this some of this music, but um, it's not all of the standard of the parry. So that's why I haven't gone any higher. Rosie, um, I'm going to go from an eight as well. I loved. I loved the performances. I loved the program. I, I liked. I did like discovering the grey. Um, I suppose it's not a 10. I, I wouldn't probably add the Vaughan Williams, but again, a nice discovery. And I'm going to give this an 8 myself. Um, I just love what Christopher Gray is doing with this uh, cathedral choir. I, I think, obviously, they're very proud of it. And it's, you know, Truro is a long way away, and yet it's almost as if the cathedral is bang in the middle of the country. It, it gets a lot of attention, and rightly so. The choir is superb. The organ playing is superb. The articulation is brilliant. The works um, are discoveries. Whether they are as fine as each other, um, that is a matter of opinion. But uh, I thought some of them were... All of them had, had much to commend them. So, um, yes, an eight for me, which gives a total of seven and three quarters. So seven and three quarters for blowout he bugles. So that brings us to the end of this month's first listen. Join us next month when we'll be getting together once more to discuss another major new release. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.